Hi, everyone. Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Monday through Friday, we're a news podcast, but on the weekends, we're all about features. Saturday, we have the backstory to pull back the curtain on our newsroom and explain how reporters got the story. And on Sunday, we drop name drop episodes. They're half hour personality driven interviews to help you get to know movers and shakers in the region. My guest today needs no introduction. Nora Vargas is a San Diego County supervisor for District 1, which includes the South Bay, and she's the first Latina to hold the job. Before taking the job in 2021, Supervisor Vargas was the Vice President of Community and Government Relations with Planned Parenthood and a member of the Board of Governors for Southwestern Community College, where she took classes before earning her bachelor's and master's degree. In this interview, Supervisor Vargas discusses making the system work for everyone. She talks about civility or lack thereof in public meetings, standing up for the little guy, and more. I enjoyed getting to know the supervisor on a more personal level during this interview, and I hope you will too. Here's our conversation. Well, Supervisor, thank you so much for joining me on Name Drop. It's a huge honor to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, you're the first Latina supervisor ever in San Diego County. Um, the first person of Latino descent to represent South Bay, which is kind of incredible. Um, you've been in office almost two years now during an admittedly difficult time. <laughs> uh, how, how have the last couple of years been for you? You know, um, so I was actually giving a presentation uh, to Promotoras, which is the, the, actually the resident leaders for uh, South Bay Community Services, SBC now, uh, last week. And they said, you know, um, how do you feel about being the supervisor? And I said, you know, it's such a privilege. And every day, honestly, I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I have my dream job. And I get to do this and I get to do this on behalf of the community. And I get to really uh, make a difference. And um you know, it, it, it really is uh, for me, uh, you know, I, I love my community and, and I really feel like this is such a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to do this. It's been tough. I'm not going to lie. I told them, I said, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, right? I mean, it's, uh, I am trying to make a difference and change the system that wasn't created by me or for me, people like me, people who look like me. Um, but I don't give up. I have a lot of hope and a lot of faith. And I really believe that government can really work for everyone, that it shouldn't work just for some. And so I try to every day just do the best I can uh, for the community that I serve. And my community is not just District 1. It really is the county of San Diego because it's the county that I love. Uh, but it's also including the binational community because I consider myself you know, Afronteriza and someone who understands the power of our regional, um, you know, community and our economy. And so, so, you know, it's, it's truly a privilege. I mean, has the job been what you expected? I just remember when we met you, you know, during the primary, we were not in a pandemic, you know, that's been just a huge part of the job so far. It seems like something you can't even prepare for. How has that, you know, changed, changed your expectations or what you expected? Um, you know what? I feel like um, I was ready for this job. Um, I've worked in crisis management for over like, you know, 25 years, uh, 20 years doing, I mean, I ran political campaigns. I did crisis management. Um, I was the vice president for Planned Parenthood. 
uh, you know, I ran uh, Latino Issues Forum, which was a statewide organization that did advocacy under, you know, um, Schwarzenegger when Schwarzenegger was in the administration. So, you know, I feel like I, I work well across the aisle. I um, I have the executive experience, right? I am out of all my colleagues. Uh, my background is in healthcare, right? I've been in in a healthcare advocate for over twenty five years, and so. Um, I feel like it, it's the synergy of a combination of my experience, you know, really coming together and having the tools to really um, adapt when necessary, but also really make tough decisions and be able to think on, you know, really quickly on my feet, um, never forgetting why I'm doing this work and being really centered on equity, transparency, access, all of the reasons why I ran. And so um, I really feel that, um, that although it's, it's a challenging job, it is one that, that uh, can be done. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you said something really powerful earlier, you know, making a system work for you that wasn't built for you, right? Or, or people of color, how have you approached that? And, and what have been some victories you've had? So, you know, I, I love telling the story because, you know, English is not my first language. Uh, I I learned English watching Sesame Street and, uh, you know, Electric Company. That's how I'm totally aging myself, right? <laughs> <laughs> I watch Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, but I tell people, right, that, that um, you know, I grew up in Tijuana, born and raised in Tijuana, and, and then coming to school here, I went to Montgomery High School and then Southwestern College. And I, I did the three year three years before I transferred to the University of San Francisco. And, and I think throughout that process, I had to learn how to navigate the system, right? I, I really had to learn um, how to make sure you fill out forms and, and you know, um, sometimes not understanding certain words or even, you know, when you meet people and you are in the classroom. And I, I don't know if you, I, I've said this story a couple of times, but, you know, one of the first books that I had to read when I was at Montgomery High School was um, um, the, the, what is it called? Um, it was one of those books that I was like, wait a second, I, I don't think I, I, I would, I would have to like really, it was Beowulf. And okay. so I had to, I had to really trans, I had to do everything in Spanish and then I translated it in English, right? So I, I'm a survivor. I'm like one of those people that I persisted and I just got things done, right? The GSD energy, as I often say, right? Like just getting stuff done or the other way. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I think uh, all those things, I think made me who I am now and really have provided me the tools to really think about when every time I'm looking at policy, every time I'm, I have, you know, working with my team and looking at new ideas on how to make our community's lives better, I'm always thinking about the practicality of what I do. I'm a really proud Democrat. Um, I'm an organizer at heart, but I don't get caught up in that, right? For me, it's really about how do we make a system work for people who have never had access before? How do we make it transparent? How do we make sure that we do things that are gonna make a difference, right? So I'm proud of like our program that we did around MECOs, right? Because I'm really interested in economic prosperity I want to make sure that our communities are like are actually thriving, not just surviving. And and I don't say that just as as a a slogan, but for me, it's really important that 
you know, we don't talk about building wealth in our communities, right? We don't talk about, we, we, we just talk about surviving. Like how do, I, how do we make sure people have jobs and basic needs and all that? And I want us um, as a communities and communities of color to think about how do we make sure that people have access to capital so that they can have their small business and they can thrive? How do we make sure that our kids, um, you know, at, uh, at, uh, at any of our schools are able to be the next person who's going to be uh, creating the next Facebook or the next, uh, you know, whatever the next big thing is going to be that's going to make a difference, right? Um, that's what I want. I want my community at, to be able to have those opportunities and those don't come lightly. And I think we've done some really great stuff. So the Mikos program is one of them, right? Where people can actually, you know, um, be able to create, you know, have their own, make food in their homes and they can sell it. And so it was a great way to supplement their income during COVID. But now it's actually another way for them to really think about all the different steps it takes so that they can, if they want to, you know, get, a, you know, have their own restaurant later, they can do that. Um, I'm really proud of our Office of Environmental and Climate Justice, right, to make sure that we have an office that's really thinking about environmental justice in everything that we do in the county of San Diego from that lens, so that uh, environmental and climate justice, so that we're really thinking about, you know, how do we make sure that the communities are the most polluted um, are, are actually able to, to be healthy, right? I often talk about building healthier and stronger communities. So what does that look like, right? Why is it that the communities in Barrio Loga and, and San Isidro have the highest rates of asthma? And, and, you know, and, and people shouldn't have to worry about things like that. I think it's the government's responsibility to make sure that everybody has a good quality of life. And so I'm very proud that Governor uh, Gavin Newsom appointed me to CARB, the California Air Resources Board. So we are really looking at policy from a very uh, unique perspective, you know, uh, supporting legislation like AB 617 that really thinks about how do we bring resources into the community? You know, how was it possible that nobody thought about including the border communities to be part of the discussion of what this means, right? They're, they're integral to the work that we do every day. And then I also was really proud of creating the Office of Economic Prosperity and uh, Economic Prosperity and Community Development for the County of San Diego, the first one of its kind. Uh, it, you know, we had an Office of Economic Development for many years, but I really want us to think about how, what does that look like, right? As we're moving forward, how do we make sure that we're coming together as a region to really fight for resources at the federal government and the state government so that our communities can get their fair share in California, you know, um, there's always this divide between San Francisco, Los Angeles, and then, you know, the other people who live down down south of LA. Well, you know, we are we are a thriving economy and we should be able to compete for these resources because we are in a perfect place to be able to do that. And for me, that's really a really opportune way of doing it. And I wanna make sure that we're looking at how do we invest, um, you know, in small businesses? How do we make sure that that our communities have access and opportunity. Um, so we've done really cool stuff. I, I will tell you that one of my favorites is the little libraries. Um, and one of, you know, I pride myself in having town halls and a lot of like, you know, I, I did budget hearings. It was, we did budget hearings when I first started, even through the pandemic. And I heard a story firsthand from one of the moms who told me that she would have to go up to La Jolla and to, um, she would have to go to La Jolla to be able to get her daughter to be have access to these little libraries 
because we didn't have any, uh, we didn't have enough in South County. And uh, so we have now, uh, I think we have almost, I think we're going to have over 40, I think. Uh, but we've been able to to uh, partner up with right with different foundations, and we've been able now to have little libraries, and including in San Isidro, which is where the young uh, young girl was from. Now we have one, and we have one near, near her house, and uh, so we have books that our kids are um, have accessible, now have access to, right? And to me, you know, those are the kinds of things that we can do to make a difference. And again, it's it's this idea that government works for all of us, not just some of us. And to me, that's super important. And so um, we've done a lot of really great things. Of course, you know, we declared racism a healthcare crisis. We were able to make sure that, you know, everything we did around COVID was health equity. I am so, so proud uh, that my district, District 1, uh, had the highest rate uh, rates of um, COVID um, vaccine, access to COVID vaccines in a really short amount of time. You know, communities like San Isidro, we're at 95% at one point where we couldn't reach other folks. We did a lot of innovative work. And, you know, my background is in healthcare and I had worked with promotoras and I had, you know, worked in trying to make sure that people have, you know, how do we break down barriers so that people can actually have access to healthcare, which they deserve and it should be uh, something that should be easily, readily accessible. And, and we did that. And, we, and I'm really proud of who we are as a community because we really came together to make sure that we we did everything we could we everything we could to make sure that our communities were safe and healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an amazing um, you know list of accomplishments. Definitely, uh, you mentioned racism, and I wanted to ask you about uh, a situation you actually wrote for our paper about this. But this was when Wilma Wooten was. Um, you know, call, name called at a meeting, basically, and, and you stood up for her. You've been, you know, known to stand up for people. Um, I'm sure that you've had your fair share of insults in this job. Uh, how has that shaped your perception of, of people? You know, I just feel like as an outsider, we read a lot about, um, you know, the way that people behave in county meetings. You know, do you ever get cynical about it? You know what? I'm gonna say something to you that um, I was uh, I received an award uh, this last weekend, and um, and they mentioned you know uh, what I had done, and I was really really honored to receive the award. But I said, you know, I think for me the big part about this is that I have been the first of a lot, right? I became the first Latina executive at Planned Parenthood. I became the first Latina on the California Teachers Retirement Board. You know. Um, I've been I've been the first at a lot, and I absolutely will never be the last because I always bring other people along. But in each of these roles that I've always had, I always end up in the um, diversity and equity committees, or you know, people asking me what do Latinos think and tell us more about your community. Tell us people want hungry to learn, right? And um, and so what I say to folks uh, at this com- during the my uh, acceptance comments on on uh, Saturday was, you know, I think we all have a responsibility that when we see injustice and when we see that things, uh, someone's being hurt or something is not being treated with respect, we have a responsibility to stand up. Um, when I heard the atrocities and the, the blatant anti-Blackness uh, comments that took place, I could not sit back and just let it happen. And I understood that that wasn't protocol, that you know that I wasn't supposed to do this or that, but you know what? Sometimes I think we hide behind these 
protocols and these ancient ways of how things get, you know, used to be done for us to like cover ourselves for not standing up for what's right. And I think enough is enough. You know, uh, I think it's horrible, horrible that people come and say the horrible things that they say. I really, I actually feel bad for them because I think anybody who can be that cruel, um, I feel sorry for people like that because I can't imagine, right? I mean, my dad taught me when I was really, really young, right? That uh, words matter, that actually words can be very powerful, that if you, if you read and if you write and if you learn, you are able to have a discussion with someone without being, you know, degrading to them and, 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 or yelling or any of that stuff, right? That you can actually have a wonderful conversation with someone, have a very, you know, difference of opinions and yet still be civil um, when you're doing that. And so for me, that's what I want to bring back um, to government because particularly in our communities, people don't want to get in involved and they don't want to get engaged because it's foreign to them. It's tough to them, right? I mean, English is not their first language. In many of, of our folks, we have a lot of refugees in our communities, right? And so for me, it's really important that people know that this is their government. They have a right to come and speak. Um, even if they don't speak the language, they, there's other ways of doing that. And that no matter what, there's a space here for them. And that I'm going to do everything I can to champion that because that's what democracy is all about. People being able to express differences of opinion. I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me if you're a Republican or independent or a Democrat. I want you to share different perspectives with me. I may agree to disagree with you sometimes, <laughs> and we're going to be okay with that. And I think that's that's the beauty of who we are, and that's what government is all about, right? I mean, I tend to be a very practical policy make maker, right? I mean, I always think about, all right, what does that initiative really mean to regular people, right? Like, what is it really, how is that really going to impact them? Like, what does that really mean? And so I try to like really think about that. What does it mean to my, to my tia or to my, you know, my grandma? Like, what would, what would they say if I tell them this? Right? Like, how do I explain it to them? And so I think we need to do a lot more of that because if we don't do that, people are going to continue to be uh, disconnected and, um, you know, I apologize to Dr. Wooden on behalf of our communities and everyone else that she had to hear those atrocities said uh, to her. Um, and, you know, I, I absolutely mean it that under my watch, that will not continue to happen because um, if you allow racism and discrimination to happen in front of you, then you are just, a, you're part of the problem. Yeah. Well, thank you for that thoughtful answer and thank you for, for standing up. You know, you're right. It has to be addressed head on. Yeah. Um, okay. I have a lightning round for you. Just some off the wall questions to get to know you better. <laughs> uh, my first one is you've mentioned reading a bunch of times. We talked about little libraries. What are some of your favorite books or something you're reading now? Um, so I love, I mean, I love the alchemist, uh, you know, um, the girls on Mango street, uh, the, I read a lot of, um, working, you know, a lot of books in Spanish because I, I try to make sure that I don't lose my Spanish as much as I can. Um, I am, right now, I went back to read, I mean, I was just talking to my team about this. Um, I, I went back to read the, the, um, the, the redlining book. I can't remember what the name is right now, but I'm just going back because housing is such a huge issue right now in our communities. And so I went back um, to read that and just trying to think about other ways that I can think about, about you know, how to do this. Um, you know, so, I mean, yeah, 
there's there's just a lot of different things that I'm reading. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what are some hobbies you have that are not related to your work? <laughs> okay, hobbies. Uh, well, I'm I just started running again. I used to run half marathons in my other life, nice. and so uh, I shouldn't say it out loud, but maybe if I say it here, it means I have to do it. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I signed up for the rock and roll marathon again, half marathon. I don't do marathons. I do half marathons, and so. Uh, I signed up for it. I'm going to run a couple of 5Ks before, hopefully, so I don't like die. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I'm scheduled to do the, the half marathon next year again. I just got back into it, um, you know, and and uh, I love doing that. I love fly fishing. Most people don't know that about me. And so wow. the last time I went was uh, Park City, Utah, but I like fly fishing in Montana. I really enjoy beaches, but I also love lakes. Um, I just think they're so peaceful. I love the greenery. I love you know, being out there and stuff. I love cooking. Um, took some cooking classes a long time ago. I think that if I wasn't a politician, I would be a, you know, a public servant. I would be a, a chef somewhere. I don't know. I don't know if anybody thinks I'm good. My sister thinks I'm a really good cook. So, and my that's family, that's all that matters. And so um, I used to cook for my, my team when I was doing the campaign. I cooked for them all the time, but I think it was just, they were so hungry and tired that everything, everything tasted good. So, no. Oh, that's so sweet. For, that's so sweet of you. It should have been the other way around. I um, know uh, I did. I did. I had to show them some love because they were working so many hours and it was such a tough time. So it was great. What is your favorite food? Uh, okay, so... I have, I love all food. I love Mediterranean food. I love food, but I really love hamburgers. Yes. I just love a good hamburger with pickles and mustard and ketchup, like really good hamburger. I love hamburgers. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer. When I was younger, I didn't really appreciate them as much, but now I'm like, yeah, that's like up there, you know, that's top five for sure. Yeah. A good <laughs> hamburger with a good beer is like, like my favorite thing to eat. Where do you go to get your hamburger and beer? I think I make the best hamburgers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your house. All right. Because, you know, I like jalapenos and avocados. So I make I make my own type of hamburger. So that's why. Well, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, what is your perfect San Diego day? Perfect San Diego day. Oh, I just had one the other day on Sunday, spending time with family, people I love. And then uh, taking my dog Rocco to like uh, the beach, Coronado. Uh, I love taking him there, you know, uh, and and you know, just enjoying the beauty of San Diego. San Diego is one of the most beautiful places in the world. And I've had I've been very privileged to travel a lot, but it's always wonderful to be home. Do you have a pet peeve? Oh, yes, don't lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it when people lie to me because I can tell. And it's just my biggest thing. I'm like, don't lie to me. I yeah, mean, that's just honest. <laughs> don't lie to me. That's not a good thing. Because yeah. if I catch you. It's hard for me to trust you again. Yeah, definitely. That's a good mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. What is um, you know, a motto that you you try to live by? Oh my goodness, um, I would say is you know just what is my motto? I don't know. I mean, I've written so many different things in so many places. I just you know I'm very passionate about what I do, and I think it's just. Um, you know, be kind to other people, you know, just be kind because nowhere, no, you never know where people are coming from. And so, you know, yeah, you know, I actually, I'll tell you something that I, I learned a long time ago, because it's really tough when you're the first in a lot of these jobs, right. And, and you're the only woman of color in the room and, and you're trying to make a difference. Um, 
and you can you can start creating a really big chip on your shoulder about like you know people are coming after you and you know all these different things and politics can be nasty which is why a lot of people don't want to get involved but there's so much good you can do and I think about about probably 10 years ago uh when I was became a vice president at Planned Parenthood um Derek Johnson was one of the best bosses I've ever had she's my CEO was my CEO and in one of the many conversations uh, that we were having, she said to me, you know, just think about the fact that, you know, if you look at the world from the fact that people are really trying to do things with good intentions, um, you will live a better life. And so I, I guess that would be a better way of me explaining what my motto is. I just, you know, I, I give you the benefit of the doubt and make sure that uh, even when people are asking silly questions, you know, like sometimes I get the most, the strangest questions. Of, <laughs> I'm like I'm just gonna pretend that you have you're really you know good intention you're just like <laughs> may not have all the information <laughs> it gives me peace so that I'm not fighting with everybody mm -hmm. all the time because you know otherwise it's a lot so I would say that yeah well I'd love to hear a reel of those questions but uh, that's a very <laughs> yeah that's a very gracious way to to approach the world and people for yeah. sure um what is the biggest lesson you've learned about yourself since taking this job um that uh, to own my power to own my power there are so many things that i have learned in such a short amount of time and by owning my power i mean um the power of this office right not nora vargas but but the power of being the supervisor and the responsibility that comes with it and so for me it's really making sure that that um i do the best I can in the short amount of time that I have. And so um, I've had to manage myself uh, to really think about like, you know, I've used all the tools that I have being having been an executive for over 20 years to be able to create strategic plans and be very focused on budgets and having an amazing team that I've assembled uh, that is very action oriented, that is a team that understands the community, that has love for community. And and you know, we can't, we, we're not perfect, but we're gonna do our best that we can to make sure that we can help the community to the level that we can. And so what I've learned is that, um, you know, me taking ownership of that power empowers my team to be able to do the work that they need to do. And, and you know, and talking to them is, what well, I always say to people, when you talk to them, it's like you're talking directly to me and they have the power to make decisions so that together we can make a difference. I represent what over 630,000 people in the county of San Diego and you know and overall 3. Point, what's it 3.1 or 3.2 million people in, in the county as a whole. So for me it really is how do we how does one person you know work really closely with a lot of different people to make sure that we're making a difference and that it's institutional change not just you know and I'm not trying to belittle the importance of ribbon cutting ceremonies and press conference and all that stuff. But for me, it's extremely important that we that we make real institutional change so that when I'm gone, that continues so that the next Latina or the next woman of color that comes and sits at this in this uh, room uh, doesn't have to start all over again. Well, speaking of that, your job, uh, you know, you deal with a lot of issues, right? You're fighting the pandemic, you're looking at housing, you're looking at climate change. There's so many things, but I mean, in your time on the board of supervisors, if, if you could be remembered, if you could just accomplish one thing, what would that be? Um, 
well, I want to fix the Tijuana River Valley. <laughs> and I want to develop. I really want people to see the South Bay for what it is, the jewel of this county. You know, our communities, our Latino communities, our communities of color that are our frontline uh, workers that are the backbone of this, of this community and this country. For people to see us as who we are, right? We are the economic engine of this region. We are... Um, we, I am so proud to be a Latina. I am so proud to, to, of my heritage. I am so proud of how we are a, a community of people who, you know, we're fighters, we're persistent. We get, we get, we get, we get it done. Right. And so I want, uh, my, you know, my community to be seen from that lens. Number one, I want my community to have prosperity and I want my community to be able to fight for those opportunities so that they can also thrive. Um, in this region, which is, San Diego is such a beautiful place to live in, uh, but not everybody can can live, you know, with a good quality of life because it's tough. And so I want to be remembered as somebody who was fighting for those who need it the most every day. Yeah, well said. Well, GSD, thank you very <laughs> much for your time, Supervisor. You're welcome. Um, yeah, this was this was nice to nice to chat and nice to get to know you a little better. Nice to meet. Nice to talk to you as well.